shift happens. I can't! Hey, legends, superstars, and beautiful people. I'm Ryan Hassan. Welcome back to another episode of Shift Happens. Today, my guest was Mr. Nathan Minikozzi. Nathan runs a business called Sumati, and Sumati do work with private yoga, with Reiki, with yoga for schools, which by the way, we get into the yoga for schools, really, really important stuff I I truly strongly believe. And also uh, Innovatrix. So Innovatrix is, is a system to help specifically men overcome their baggage and mental health issues. Uh, me and Nathan cover quite a lot in this podcast. He's a fascinating guy with an amazing story going from uh, growing up on a dairy farm to having an eating disorder going through school to getting out of the country, coming to the big smoke in Melbourne and getting involved in the corporate world, climbing his way up the corporate ladder, being highly stressed and realising that maybe that ladder that he climbed up wasn't the right one <laughs> and then ended up going to Bali for five weeks doing a, a teacher's course in yoga and um, came back and started this business and just had a massive shift, a massive turnaround in his life and uh, it's so inspiring to speaking two people like himself who have now come back and they walk that fine line between this material world and that spiritual world just so, so well. And he's a fascinating guy with an amazing story. So guys, without further ado, here is my chat with Nathan Minikozzi. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back to the Shift Happens podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Hassan. Today I'm joined in the studio, aka my office, <laughs> here by Nathan Minikozzi. Nathan is the founder the the owner of Sumati wellness uh, Nathan welcome to the welcome to the desk hi Ryan hello everyone thank you for having me today I'm very very excited to be here and um, looking forward to a really good chat mate I'm excited as well I mean we only connected recently over the last couple of weeks and um, it's interesting when a lot of people reaching out wanting to connect and that kind of thing and there's a few that instantly I'm like all right, we're going to be friends. We're probably going to be, I don't know what it looks like in the future in terms of collaboration and that kind of thing, but there's going to be something there moving forward. Correct. There was, there was a spark. It was like love at first sight, you could almost say. <laughs> I'm so smitten. <laughs> don't tell Melissa, she might get jealous. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so, mate, tell us about Samadhi Wellness, mate. This is the, the business that you run, the wellness business. Tell us a little bit about what you guys do there. Yeah, so uh, Samadhi was, was established for... Um, a couple of different uh, areas to really focus on it. And one aspect is yoga. So I saw uh, a bit of a, a glitch, I think, when um, in our adult world where we had a lot of stress and anxiety and I kind of thought, well, how can we help people um, before that, you know, before they get to that point where they're in their adulthood and they've got stress and everything else? So I thought, well, kids, you know, and, and I often think back, if I had got taught those um, key things of simple things like breath work and even yoga and meditation, how different um, I'd probably perceive situations in life and, and how that would work. So um, we started doing yoga for schools and uh, still very early days and, and we're still speaking with a number of schools to get sort of programs in and, and get that sort of going and that's from primary through to secondary. Mm -hmm. uh, another aspect of the business is Reiki, so energy work. Yep. Um, that really come about because about three or four years ago now, I um, came across the Reiki Master and it really helped me uh, within my life when I was going through some pretty uh, stressful and, and, and pretty chaotic moments where I, I went to go um, see my master and um, I had this profound experience. So, Which we'll get into that. We'll do yeah. that not yet, but soon. What um, else are you guys doing there? And then the other aspect is men's mental health. So again, I, I saw, I'd been through a lot of different um, you know, you, you could use some mental health issues um, as I was growing up and even to my adulthood. And I, I sort of thought, well, guys, there's no real platform to really to really help. You know, you look at females and they often talk about their emotions and they cry and everything, but guys are always this, this tough persona that they don't. So, you know, part mm -hmm. of the business is to work one-on-one -on -one with male clients and, and break them through issues that they have. So, so important. So, so important. Back to the yoga for schools. So, I think what you said is so important. I often think about that as well. I'm like, shit, I wonder if I had these tools when I was younger, what, what that would have looked like. I think it would have been a very, very different perception on life. How is that that the ones that you've done so far, the yoga for kids, how's that been received by the, the kids in Yeah, schools? it's really good. It's actually interesting. I was a bit, I was thinking, oh, I don't know how we're going to keep them focused, but uh, you kind of do like 30-minute sessions yep. so to make sure um, 
depends on the age group, but generally about 30 minute sessions for those sort of 10 years and younger. Uh, and interestingly enough, their favorite pose is Shavasana, which is the one at the end where you lay down a corpse pose. <laughs> I was worried, I'm thinking, how are they going to sit still? But they love it. Um, yeah. You know, and I think you tailor the uh, the classes to suit the different age groups and you know with the young kids you take them on a bit of a journey of like going through the jungle and different sort of themes you can sort of do to get them a bit involved yep um so create it, a story around it correct yeah, yeah so they don't sort of just tune off and start um poking each other uh, <laughs> but uh yeah the, it's, it's it's been really really good and i think it's just really just teach them um fundamentals on i suppose breath work and i suppose connection because you really i think as we as we get older we sort of lose or tend to lose a lot of that connection with ourselves and, and lose touch whereas if you can sort of train that early on with kids to allow them to, to feel their body to know their body know the sensations well it sort of helps them address issues down the track yeah oh, i couldn't agree more the more awareness we can have when we're younger the more we can cultivate that connection moving forward like i remember when i was young like, i didn't think about any of that kind of stuff you know if someone said you know, how are you breathing? I'm like, I don't fucking know. That's right. I'm just doing it. <laughs> I'm still living, so I must be yeah. doing something okay. Yeah, so really, really interesting. So tell us a bit more then about now the, the Innovatrix, the working with men. Yeah, so the Innovatrix uh, come about mm, a couple, uh, three, four months ago where I really wanted to do something with, with, with guys' health. And um, I come across this program and, and sort of just went with my gut um, as I've learned to do the last couple of years and, and let the magic happen and uh, booked it and went up to um, Brisbane to uh, do this course with, with seven other guys. And now it started from um, Creatrix, which is a, the, the female version by, name, by Marilyn um, who created it. And about 12 months ago, a lot of her female clients were saying, hey, this is awesome, we're an amazing result, but there's nothing for our husbands. You know, what is there for guys? So she came up with um, different strategies and I suppose different metaphors within within the work to be able to tailor it for guys. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was it's profound. And, and I think the biggest thing about it is it's for guys that don't want to go see a therapist. Mm-hmm. So guys that, that actually just want to get results don't want to be there for two three years going back and talking about emotions and and so forth it's just like getting to the root cause of an issue and just smashing it out of the park yeah which is a very blokey term as well so that's right <laughs> see it's all about <laughs> we're trying to make this blokey but yeah. look um and i think it, that w- with that one of the most um important aspects is you've got to be able to own, own your shit as yeah. we say so that's with everything any change you want to make in life you've got to really be able to know you've got an issue really want to do everything you can to change and then go with that and, and, and it, it happens. Yeah. What do you mean by owning your shit? What does that mean? Well, uh, I've actually got um, I've got, I've got a list. So what happens is with – can I talk about the system? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So what happens with the system is um, – so we, we go through a, a bit of a initial consultation with um, different clients and, and we sort of talk about issues and, and beliefs um, from a negative aspect that are holding them back in life. Mm-hmm. So we go through um, a myriad of, I suppose, questions and so forth and – a lot of things that come up and, and and I actually thought I was perfect. I'm like, no, I don't need this. Like, I'm just going to go and learn this great tool and then I'm going to be sweet. But I actually got into it and went, holy shit, I've got issues. <laughs> so I suppose it helped me really understand it. And, you know, on, on, on my list, like I had everything from like anger, uh, scared, loneliness, fear of getting hurt, anxious, cautious, sad, lack of money, expectations of others, judgmental, despair, worried, confused, edgy. Uh, not man enough, emptiness, self-doubt, um, you know, the list goes on and on and on and on, you know, not letting go, rejection, stress. These. So, so owning your shit is acknowledging that I have these. Correct. I mean, instead of maybe, you know, someone could come to you and say, you know, as a man, like, you know, I don't think you're being man enough in this certain situation. And then the normal reaction's like, whatever, you know, if I, if I don't want to look at that. So that's not owning your shit. So Correct. owning your shit's actually admitting that there's something going on there, and yeah. and what then that commitment to actually work on it. Correct. But yeah. on yeah, then to to identify that, and and a lot of times that's it's it's words that we use in verbiage to to sort of um, that sits in our mind to then react from different situations. So it's it's getting to that word, that trigger word, and then it's it's really working through that to clear that and replacing that belief with with a new. Um, a new word or, or a new feeling that you've actually come up with yourself. So you're actually creating the, these new beliefs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Nice, owning your shit and then changing it. That's it. Simple <laughs> as that. <laughs> Let's go a bit back to, to your story, mate. So I've got here that you grew up on a dairy farm. I did, yeah. So uh, regional, regional Victoria in a small town called Tatura. Uh, Tatura. Is there a racetrack there? There is a Tat Racers, yeah. In, yeah. Uh, I think they've got a big event in December. They have the uh, the Italian plate, I think it is. So uh, that, that just that's all I know about Tatura. All I know about a dairy farm now. But I remember back in my gambling days, and you know, I'd be on the horses, and you'd be betting at the major city meets and everything. And I'm like, fuck, I need to bet more in between those. Tatura, where's the fuck? I don't know, but I'm going to bet on the horses there. <laughs> yeah, it's a um, it's not a very big town at all, but a lot of it's pinned by um, obviously farming. So that's from fruit to dairy mm-hmm. um, and all across. And that's, I suppose, been the heart of the, the town, like a lot of small towns throughout uh, the, the country. And what was it like growing up there? Uh, look, I think as you were younger, you were like, oh, I really want to get away, I really want to get away. But I think as you get older, you appreciate um, a lot of things that, that you learn. Um, so my, my parents are actually um, second generation migrants so my grandparents migrated from Italy when they were uh, 12 and, and 14 sort of come to the world to a new new land to try and create um, you know success for, for their family so mm-hmm. with that in mind they sort of they came with nothing and they developed up and then up buying a farm and then my father took over as the, as the Italian generations normally have it <laughs> um, so it was always a, a stressful time because anyone who's been involved in farming on the land know that it's obviously you're very subjected to the elements um, and there, there's a lot of issues around um, stress anxiety like they're key things that a lot of the, a lot of these farmers have so I think from an early age I actually saw a lot of it like through my father and obviously he handled situations very well but I sort of saw what they did so it was a great experience to be on the uh, in the farming land and be in the country and to jump on a motorbike and go do stupid shit and all this type of stuff but you also saw a lot of the the physical and mental um, stress items that sort of come up and, and see your family go through it so it's often quite hard yeah. um and i think that was one thing for me i, I want to get away because i wanted to think i thought there was a better life and i wanted to move to the city because that's where i thought you know you can create success which later on i, I kind of understood what success really is opposed to i suppose when you're young and you think success is some monetary gain and, and so yeah, forth getting to the big smoke making it. it big yeah that's it <laughs> which is just ego like it's just bullshit <laughs> <laughs> and uh, i understand growing up you had a few challenges when it came to body image and that kind of thing yeah so growing up i was uh, i was blessed so, yeah, i look at everything as a positive now so i was mm-hmm. blessed to be uh, overweight as, as a kid and at um, the time you didn't think you were blessed no at no? the time it was horrible it was horrible and my poor mama I, I love her she uh, enrolled us in in swimming swimming club, right? So you can imagine every uh, every couple of Saturdays we'd, we'd go and we'd rock up to swimming meets, and I was I was very very large, um, and I'd come with speedos. I had speedos, on and there were all these skinny kids everywhere, and I'd often um, I'd often I just felt so ashamed, you know. And, and my my poor mum was like, I think it's good for their health, but I think what it really did was it really affected me, yeah. Um, because you know I used to walk around with my arms crossed over my chest and my stomach because I was so ashamed and embarrassed, you know, and, and I think I, I, I've sort of palmed that off and, and suppressed the emotion as us guys do and it sort of bubbled up and, 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 and really come into something later in life. But um, it was really tricky. Obviously, when you're a kid, there's a lot of, um, you know, there's teasing, there's picking. Obviously, children don't have the same sort of awareness as adults with, with that type of stuff. So it was really shit. It was really mm-hmm. hard. Um, but... I am where I am today because of it. So, you know, as I said before, you've got to look at everything in a positive light and, you know, you used to get called four eyes and all this type of stuff. And uh, Kids are cruel, right? They are. They, they really are, those little <laughs> bastards. So cruel. <laughs> Everyone's trying to fit in and, and anyone Correct. that's a little bit different, unfortunately, cops it. Yeah, and I used to hate going to sporting days. You know how they do like every year do the sporting days. Yep. I used to get, pretend I was sick because I didn't want to go there. And that's what... I still can't get my hand with schools. Is they force everyone to participate, which is fine. But I think you've got an overweight kid. I couldn't even run to save myself. Mm. And we're trying to do like a, a hundred meter sprint. Like what, what chance have I got to begin with? So not only was I getting forced to do it, I was getting embarrassed while I was there. And it was just like a horrible sort of you know, whirlwind of events. Absolutely. How long did that last for? Was that sort of all through school or a certain period? Yeah, so I sort of got to um, puberty, I think. So I sort of... Um, yeah, 13 years old where I sort of went to high school and I actually had braces and I think I started to understand a bit more about um, uh, being healthy in the body you know coming from an Italian background we love our pasta we love our pizza and my grandparents just live next door so it was literally like have something to eat at mum's go next door and say hey no, no I'm a bit hungry here you go Bella you can have something to eat so what chance did I have right 
but I think you, you get a little bit older, obviously, and you start sort of becoming more aware of your body, and, and I suppose um, the 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 awareness now within within the whole health and wellness industry is becoming more and more. But even back then, there was this awareness to be healthy and to exercise and, and to get to get very fit. Um, so, so I had that awareness, and then I started um, like you know exercising a lot. I, I played sport again. My parents kind of, or my dad, really wanted me to play football because he wanted to live his life for me because he never got a chance. So he did was work on the farm, and I was a hack. God, I was bad at sport. I was like the kid that used to get the. Uh, the um what is it like the motivation award like the well done which is almost like a slap in the face well yeah i remember at our school we had the the different the ribbons yeah and you'd get like the yeah the well done ribbon or first second then there was a white ribbon which had good try on it (laughs) (laughs) if you got the good try you didn't put that on your shirt you shoved that in your pocket and went home pissed off correct that's exactly right yeah i got a lot of them don't worry um so yeah so but what what sort of changed and was then i i become um a bit addictive to, to, I suppose, my weight and my health and it almost become obsessive where I was exercising so much to get to this image I had in my head of, of what, what was like, what what looked good, right? So it was all about physical appearance and, and I actually got to a point where I, where I had an eating disorder where I would often, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd skip meals. So I'd, I'd have something for breakfast and then like wouldn't eat lunch and wouldn't eat dinner because I used to think, oh, if I'm not eating, I'm going to lose weight, like just crazy mm-hmm. stuff. And even to the point where I'd have dinner then I'd walk downstairs and I'd sit there and look at myself in the mirror and actually like analyze my stomach about how it looked. Um, you know, and we've all got different body types, right? And some people obviously um, are very genetically blessed or if you want to use the term blessed, but are sort of, you know, that skinny nature and have those abs and so forth where it's not really my body type and never was. And, and you know, I was trying to, to get to that, but it just, it just deteriorated my health. So, and then everything else suffered around it, obviously, because your, your attention, your awareness and, and, and everything sort of goes to it. And, you know, I, I used to, like everyone, people would just ask, no, I'm fine, I'm great, I'm healthy, I'm, I'm doing all this running, I'm doing this exercise, and I just become almost malnourished to a point. Mm. Um, we be, and all just to achieve this goal of, of trying to, you know, look look healthy in a mirror, which isn't healthy. Yeah, I mean, and that's a lot of the time based on what we see on in magazines or on the internet and that kind of thing. And it, even those people... Are photoshopped and, and in that moment that's not a sustainable body to have anyway correct you know they've been working to that day and then after that day you know yeah and 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 for what though too which i always mm. i try to come back to is it's it's all right it's if you pick about the body it's to look at this for a guy around right? the, the stereotypic you know big shoulders chest and abs but for what like is it so you can take your top off and go down the beach but and if you need that to feel good about yourself where well, there's something deeper there that we need to work through yeah. to be able to get rid of it and you know you, everyone's beautiful in their self I know that sounds a bit hippie but um, it's true though we're, we're, all, we're all special and I think we just got to understand that and we're all going to have flaws because no one's perfect but just accept that and, and take the positive side of it yeah of course yeah no it's like we kind of have an image in our head but it's like a rainbow the closer we get to it it gets further away and, you know, I'd done a lot of work previously when I was doing some work for a health company and working with, you know, fitness models and that kind of thing. And people that you'd walk past and go, especially the females, you'd walk past and go, fuck, if only I could be half that shredded or half that skinny. But you speak to them, the actual model, they're not happy at all. No. It's like, I hate this, I hate this, mm-hmm. I hate this. And it's like a never-ending process of trying to get somewhere that even if they got there, it's not going to be good enough anyway. Yeah, spot on. Yeah. How did you come out the other side of this eating disorder? I've had a, and I still do to this day, have a very supportive family. Um, and I think they really helped me through a lot of this too. And there just come a point where I think I, I really just sat back and went, what am I doing here? Mm-hmm. Like, what am I really striving to achieve here? Like, it's it's just bullshit. Um, so I suppose a bit of, with a bit of gentle support from mum and dad and so forth, I sort of became aware of it because that was the first thing, right? I, I just, I thought I was fine. And, you know, this this is normal, you know, you just skip meals. It's, it's, it's fine, you know, everyone does this. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so I think it was really just bringing the awareness back and then just incorporating a bit more of a healthy lifestyle. And once you start doing it and once you start putting fuel back in your body and so forth, you start feeling better and, and everything sort of starts up on, on the positive end. Yeah. So it's more about feeling than, than what it's looking like in the mirror. Correct. Exactly right. Yeah. Nice. Um, so you got out of Tatura. I did. Yeah. Went into the corporate I world. I did. I did. I did. So coming from a dairy farm, 
I was like, no, nah, I got to, I got to get out, and I've got to, got to, got to make myself in this world, and I want to get out of this small country town, and I'm too good for this country town, which is just ridiculous in itself. More of that ego, ego, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Something I've had to work a lot on. Um, so anyway, you I, and I, me both, yeah. Man. <laughs> that's what that's what makes us who we are, I suppose. But um, yeah, so I, I come down to to Melbourne. So part of um, just to take a little step back. So I also got um, glandular fever in year twelve. So. Not only did I have a, a bit of an, uh, an eating disorder while I was younger, but I also placed a lot of stress and, and pressure on myself in terms of aiming for perfection. That's something I'm, I still have uh, challenges every now and then dealing with. Um, and because I had such this high standard to achieve, 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 I just I ran myself into the ground and you know uh, end up having to sit all my exams at home in, in a bed in year twelve. You know, okay. so I I didn't get this end of score I needed, and I was devastated. And uh, I come down to Melbourne, and I really wanted to do. Uh, engineering I want to like work with cars and uh, I end up I end up through another way in sort of getting in and the first class was let's locate satellites in outer space and I went what the fuck am I doing here <laughs> I just want to design Ferraris so it wasn't for me and then um, I was fortunate enough I had a, a close um, my godfather actually was involved in property and uh, I started seeing when I come down here what he was doing went, mm, this is interesting and again so that this is what I want to do I want to do project management and I couldn't because of my interschool, they wouldn't let me into the, the university. And I still remember uh, the, the 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 big boss man there. I won't mention universities who it was, but he he, he said to me, "You'll never get in here because uh, you didn't get a high enough interschool." Yeah, right. And then straight away, I went, "You know what? I'm going to prove you wrong." <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I went back door and I did a I did a diploma in building construction. And then uh, um, in that at that time, I actually worked full time. So I started photocopying, and that went to one day a week, went to two, then went to three, then went to full time. So I was studying a diploma five days a week and working full time. Mm-hmm. So again, it's that unnecessary press and stress I put on myself to yeah. achieve you know the best. And was this in Melbourne now? It was in Melbourne. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. So uh, did did all that and then finished that and then I went back and said you know I've, I've done this now and I've had like three years of experience. And I said, oh, you can come in now. <laughs> I said, I don't want to come in anymore. <laughs> I proved my point. That's it. <laughs> so I actually went back and, and, and did a master's in business property um, at the same time because I thought I, I need a bit more. But uh, so long weekend around it. So I was involved in, in property, um, in the property development world in within the corporate space for uh, sort of 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, it started from um, photocopy and so forth and then um, it worked my way up. And I think at the age of 20, 22, uh, my boss of the boss of the time said to me, Nate, you know, we've just lost a couple of these senior guys. Do you want to do you want to take on on this project? I sort of sat back and went, shit. Right? It was uh, it was it was the biggest project under construction in Melbourne at that time. I'm like, geez, I'm still a kid, but you know what? I'm gonna have a crack. Yeah. Um. So for the next four years, that 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 was my life. My life was work. It was work hard. You do your your 12, 16, 20 hour days, and you just keep working for that that one goal to, you know be better than everyone else in how you deliver projects and how you do it again it's, it's a false reality um so that, that was my life and and i didn't didn't go away much i just worked i worked i worked i worked i worked i worked i worked um and i got to a point where four years or five years later i finished it and i stepped back and went what now yeah well you you'd achieved what young nathan had yeah. dreamt about getting out of tatura going to the big smoke and accomplishing something in melbourne and it happened. Yeah. Yeah. But I was empty. Yep. And I was like, great, okay. So from a materialistic perspective, I've just built this 70-story building. I'm like, well, you know, I feel good about myself. I can brag to my friends. But but what else? Mm. Like, it, what am I doing here? It's like that analogy when you, you climb the ladder and then you get to the top and you realize, fuck, I'm on the wrong building here. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> or why did I climb the ladder in the first place? I was happy on the ground. <laughs> So what happened then? Uh, so as you do, you go, well, I need to do something bigger. Yeah. <laughs> so An 80-storey uh, building. That's it, right. So I, I end up getting getting a job with a, a very large um, corporate company in developing space and I was over uh, many jobs f- throughout the different states, right? So they were, they were still of a large scale, but they were more, right? And I'm like, yeah, this is great and I'm travelling everywhere and this is awesome, corporate life's all good. But... 12 months sort of lapsed and I went, you know what, I'm still not getting fulfillment out of this. It's still the day-to-day um, grind, you know, so something's not right here. And uh, so what's the next step you do? We well, stop, you reassess and you go, I need to own my own business. That's what I've got to do. That's how I'm going to make millions in this world. 
<laughs> All right. So I was very fortunate that um, I, 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 was, I, was, um, I knew a gentleman for, for many, many years through, through family, friends that had a smaller develop, uh, property development company. And he said, Nath, you know, um, I want to sort of transition out. I want you to get in, da, 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 da. And everything sounded great. I went, done. Let's do it. We went in at probably the most difficult time uh, in the market. So for anyone that knows a bit about the property cycles and where it's been, I suppose everyone knows, you just got to read the papers. It's been through a very, very strong five years plus. So we've gone out and we had a couple of jobs on, but we, we were, I was, my job was to try and look for more and more. So every day I was beating my head up against the wall because I, I couldn't find sites and I couldn't do this. And, and it started spiraling downhill a little bit, um, the way I was feeling and, and, and all this negativity around, oh, I'm not doing something right. What am I doing? This is all too hard. And, and everything and anyone who knows when you're starting a business it's bloody hard work mm. right you've got to put the effort you've got to put the time in and i think it wasn't for me I, i'm always happy to do the work i've always sort of prided myself in working really really hard probably sometimes too hard but the results weren't coming um and i just i just, I just couldn't cope couldn't do it so that's when i was actually fortunate enough to meet my reiki master and 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 then also uh, get involved with yoga and that's what really saved me okay so what drew you to the reiki and the yoga was it a fact that you were feeling run down you were just looking for something yeah. else to try or there, there's always been a, a bit of an inkling in me that there's more to this there's always there's more to this world than what we see right um and it's intuitive knowing that we have isn't it correct yeah, I, I sort of had that feeling as well but i could never get close to putting my finger on what it was yes but it's that so many people have it we could go to our job we're doing the work we go out on the weekend have a few drinks we do whatever but in the back of our mind it's like there's got to be more correct it has to be right yeah yeah and and a lot of people get caught up in in the day-to-day grind of material world and you sort of and you don't listen you suppress it, you suppress it but you know for those that can sort of just take a moment and listen and and take some guidance your world changes you actually start living your life um so for me that i always had this in, intriguing nature of there's more to this world and and i love i suppose esoteric side of life if you want to use that term sort of lightly um, and what else is there and who else is out there and what else do we do and energy work and spirituality and all that type of stuff so that that was sort of playing on um, and, and a close friend said you know go and see um, this healer because uh, she's got um, she's had you know amazing reports back and friends of mine have been and they've really helped her through stressful times so uh, I, I went and and just went out on a limb because again you kind of talk to people and they go oh, it sounds a bit do magic kind of thing and that's fine you know everyone's got got their thoughts on life but i think the moment you open up and you go yeah okay and you let it be you know your body starts taking it in and and, and magic kind of really starts happening yeah and so what happened for you what changed what shifted uh was it something that happened kind of in a moment or it happened after seeing this person a few times? No, it, it took a little bit of time. The first, the first session I walked out going, what the fuck has happened? <laughs> I'm sailing, I'm hearing things, I'm seeing things, the colours are different in the world. I'm like, holy shit, <laughs> I'm on some drug. <laughs> what was in my glass of water? Um, but what it did, I think that was a, one of the, the, the pinnacle turning points for me is it started opening me up to um, being more aware and connected with what's going on mm-hmm. and not just being pigeonholed and focused on that day-to-day grind of creating something to try and um, gain success in a financial aspect. Yeah, so your blinkers had come off to an extent. That's all it. All of a sudden, just seeing the world a bit differently now. Correct, spot yeah. on, yeah. So being stuck in those same patterns over and over. Correct, yeah, yeah. it was almost it was like world rocking. Um, so, and I... I Kept seeing uh, her name's Abby, beautiful Abby. Um, I kept seeing her for um, many, many months that followed, and, and each time I saw her, I, I had a, a deeper, more profound experience, and, and and more glasses come off. I suppose you could almost use it, the analogy that you know we all have all these different glasses on that we get from different experiences in life, and um, started really shredding it. And uh, or the onion onion layers, another good metaphor is you start yeah. peeling off your onion layers. Yeah. Um, and 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 you start reassessing what you're thinking right so i'm like why the hell am i so stressed trying to trying to gain and, and make this 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 you know massive business like for what right and got to a point where i just said i said enough's enough right i'm done and i said that to my business partner we were we were kind of on separate ways anyway but um i said i'm done and i i sort of just packed up my stuff and uh went to bali <laughs> as you do yeah, as you do <laughs> my parents went what the fuck are you doing <laughs> but uh i went what was the intention of going to bali 
like before you went, despite we'll talk about what happened, but what yep. was sort of your main intention of wanting well, to get out of here? In, in doing the Reiki, I also did um, yoga as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be honest, the fir- yoga I first went because I'm like, mm, a friend of mine said, you should go. I'm like, what, I'm going to be in a room with like 40 females in lycra or sweaty. <laughs> and I stopped and went, hang on, what's just come out of my mouth here? I need to go to yoga. It's a fantastic <laughs> reason to go to yoga. So away I went. Um, but look, and that that sort of started opening me up too because that obviously that's a lot about connection and, and all that type of stuff and, and that sort of started rocking my world a bit too. So between the... So rake, I'm just imagining you going to your first yoga session. Oh, Nathan, what are you here for? You're like, oh, I'm here to open up my chakras. <laughs> I want to just get in tune. You're here to look at the yoga pants, aren't you? Correct. I, I actually, the first, I was so nervous and I laugh now. Like, so I've, I've walked up the stairs. I was at Humming Puppy in, um, in, in Paran. I met Jackie there for the first time and I was shitting myself. Like, I'm like, oh my God, I've never stretched before. Like, all I've done is hard exercise in my life, weights to build muscle and, you know, all this type of stuff. And I was shitting myself. So I went to the furthest back corner and just sat there. I went, oh my God. Um, but that one session just really opened me up and went, oh, and the, the, the way I felt after it, because one of the first times I could just step back and really just focus on me because I had so much other shit going on. And I went, wow, you know, I've got stillness, mm-hmm. right? And that was almost not like a drug. What was it? It'd be like a drug. I'm like, wow, I've got stillness. I want more. I want more. And that sort of mm-hmm. kept me going back. So long. Getting back Especially to- if it's something that we haven't experienced for so long and we're caught up in this day-to-day life of stress, 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 anxiety, anxiety, to feel that bit of stillness, even if it is for like two minutes, yeah. is like... It's oh, unbelievable. I finally fucking breathe. Exactly right. Yeah. yeah, like the weight's been lifted. So... I went to Bali. I'm like, well, I'm going to go do a teacher training, right? And here I am thinking it's just going to be cruisy, get up, do a bit of yoga, and then just go sit by the beach. It'd be great. So I booked, I booked to do a teacher training in Bali after only doing yoga for like 12 months. <laughs> so can you imagine the corporate guys, what they yeah. would have heard of? You've got this Nathan who was always perceived as this like strong corporate person that sort of was always excelling his career and was well respected in, in a lot of terms because you know he, he had created some great things. Um, I found out that I've gone to do a yoga course in bloody Bali. They're like, what the fuck are you doing? And so it was a piece of cake, yeah? Oh my God. <laughs> I can only imagine. I did, I went to, me and Melissa went to Bali in January and we're like, we're in Ubud and um, we've got to do a yoga class while we're here, right? We don't normally do yoga. And, um, we looked at one and it was at this place called like Yoga House. Anyway, we went there in the morning. I'm like, yoga for beginners. Piece of cake. Piece of cake, right? Was not a piece of cake at all. It was like 38 degrees. It went for like an hour and a half. Um, killer. I was I was knackered the rest of the day. Yeah. So that was like an everyday thing for you in this training? Yeah, it was. Yeah. So um, it was you up at um, before sunrise practicing and then you'd finish your practice hour and a half uh, as the sun's coming up. You have, have a bit of breakfast and then it's back into to, to lectures and so forth and then have something for lunch and then you're back into lectures and you do another hour and a half practice in the afternoon and you do a bit more lectures and then you're finished by, say, 6, 7 o'clock, have a bit of dinner. You're totally wrecked and then you've still got to try and study a bit to, you know, re-go over things that you've learned. Yeah. And this went on for, I think it was 20, 21 days or 22 wow. days with, I think, three days off in between. Right, so I'm I'm up at five. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing here? Like, I'm meant to be sitting on a beach, and I'm up at five doing um, hatha yoga. Like, oh my god, I don't even want to be here. What's going on? And all that sort of crap starts coming into your mind. But I used to laugh. Like, I'm like, how can yoga be? And and, and again, it was a bit judgmental. But I used to see these people that were like yoga teachers. I'm like, oh, you know, you're just a bunch of hippies. How hard gonna be? Yeah. But it's fucking hard. Yeah. It breaks you and it questions every aspect of, of, of your mind and how you think, well, for me mm-hmm. and, and how I thought because for that first time for me, I was away from all this Yeah. and I'd, I'd, I had been on a couple of holidays while I was in the corporate world, not a lot, but you're still thinking, you're still on the go. Whereas this, I left everything mm-hmm. and I just went there to be with me mm. and I just... So your body and your mind were there without your mind correct, being back here all exactly, the time. Exactly, yeah, and just shut off for like, the, I was there for nearly five weeks and just shut off from from everything that was going on here, mm-hmm. um, and just and just focused on that. Mm-hmm. Incredible. And so, what was it like finishing up that that course? Pretty pretty amazing. Um, Had you been thinking while you were doing this course, like like what was your plan when you came back at that point? It was it was just to learn to learn more about yoga. Like I had no intention of teaching. Yeah, that's g- what I'm saying. So your your plan when you came back to Melbourne initially was like I'm not going to go teachers and that kind of thing nah. it's just something i'm into yeah just something yeah, i'm into okay and again it was that it was that ego like who is if i'm going to be a yoga teacher I'm, I'm this smart corporate person um 
and I sort of I did all the I did the program and sort of got back and and went you know I had such a big life changing like uh, experience oh, I really want to um, I really want to teach it yeah. um, and even even in there actually that was where my Reiki sort of come in too because again I'd, I'd always question myself with, with my Reiki because because you can't a lot of people can't see what's happening right unless you're I suppose very intuitive you can start seeing colors and, and signs and patterns. Uh, I always questioned myself and it was never confident. I used to play with my sisters and my mum and you know, dad and mm-hmm. do a bit of work and, and that's it. But I never had the confidence to treat people. And mm-hmm. one of the girls on the course, Jamie, was, was very sick. Family members like the hardest people to work on as Correct. well, by the yeah. way. Yeah, <laughs> tell me about it. Because they give you feedback. <laughs> it's some real feedback. Yeah. It's, not, it's not fluffy. Um, and so I did a treatment on, on her and the next day she comes in she goes, I know what you've done, but like, I, feel, I, feel, I feel great. Yeah, and she was really sick, and I went, "Holy shit!" Who was this? Sorry, one of the girls in my uh, in yoga in the class. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, and I went, "Holy shit, this stuff works. Mm. Like, this is real. Oh my god!" And then treated another another um, another fellow student that was a bit skeptical of it. Yeah. And after I finished, she goes, "What the fuck have you done to me?" <laughs> Same as what I sort of experienced. I don't know. What do you mean? She goes, I, "I was flying. I was floating. My body's tingling. I felt sensation. I felt this. I felt that." I said, "Well, just allow it all to be and just go for it." So I think those two events was like a bit of an aha moment where, you know what, I want to help more people. This mm-hmm. is what I want to do, mm-hmm. right? And I think between the Reiki and the yoga, I was like, oh, this is what I'm here to do. I'm here to help people. So, so that was your big revelation right yeah, over there. Yeah. yeah, and who would ever thought a, a big revelation was literally just doing some healing work on someone. Like <laughs> a lot of people, there's all these aha outstanding moments, but for me it was something so simple. Yeah. And that was just me being present and just being being real with myself. Mm-hmm. And, and it just come to me like 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 a like anything it was just easy yeah and so you come back come back and uh i'm like all right what am i gonna do (laughs) (laughs) um so i'm like i really really want to do yoga and i think as we touch on my sort of philosophy around i suppose children and, and helping them so Started Samadhi and then started approaching schools and, and was fortunate enough to do a bit of work at a, at a beautiful space in, in South Melbourne um, and started teaching uh, one-on-one clients, mm-hmm. um, mostly ladies because guys don't do yoga, you know, apparently. <laughs> um, they will after hearing about that's the yoga right. Come on, guys. Get in there. I'm telling you. That'll get the foot in the door <laughs> yeah, and they can it. get into the other Correct. stuff later on. Correct. So I sort of started doing one-on-one um, sort of, uh, yoga and I, I do um, Hatha Yoga, which is very... Um, basic and, and very similar and real sort of ancient. It's not, I suppose, what a lot of the Westerns do, that vinyasa, high flow, power, all this type of stuff. And there's there's obviously a place for everything, but um, mine's a lot more um, hatha-based. So it, it's, it's, it's very, it's not as full on on the body. Mm-hmm. It's more connection and opening up. Um, so the ladies I had, they were just getting next to outstanding results and they were starting to learn. A lot of these people were, were ladies that um, were a bit not confident to go to yoga classes. They'd come and see me. So that worked really, really well and we had a lot of fun doing it. Um, the Reiki, uh, I was also doing it out of that practice as well. Um, so again, that was just slowly building with seeing a, a client here and there and that sort of um, kept going up until today and, and obviously we'll keep going forward. Uh, and then I still I still wanted to be connected to this material world in some respect mm-hmm. and, and, and I was very fortunate where a, um, a family I know very well that are quite quite active in, in the development space sort of come and said to me this time, Nath, you know, we want you to come and give us a hand with helping with the business structure, but also just mentoring some of our younger guys. Mm-hmm. And I went, you know what, that sounds kind of cool. So, um, and even still this to this day, I'm sort of doing a, a handful of days there every uh, each week and just helping with guys and mentoring some of these these younger guys through projects and helping them with a bit of direction mm-hmm. and a bit of clearance. So, and that's one thing I really hold, hold myself strong on is that I... I like to not think that I'm some hippie that's gone away and, and, and meditating and I'm here to try and teach people how to do this stuff and I've got no real realisation of the day-to-day world. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've, I've still kind of kept my foot in the door because I think that's harder than anything to try and balance material world and spirituality and, 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 and soul searching is bloody hard. It's a, it's a tightrope. It is. It's, exactly. it's, it's a real tightrope. It's easy. You go one end, you go the other. Correct. It's like you, we start off, the journey is like you start off in the material you're brought up that way. That's what society tells us. Yeah. And then we're fortunate enough to have a spiritual experience yes. where the doors have opened up. Yeah. And then we tend to fling the other way. <laughs> and we, we, we contemplate becoming a monk That's in the it. Himalayas and never coming back to society. Correct. Then we come back and it's a real delicate balance because society wants to keep dragging you into that material side. 
Yes. Yeah. And it's real hard to stay on that path. Then the spiritual side in that community wants to disown the material side. Yeah. And so it's like, I think you're exactly right. It's the hardest thing in the world to walk that fine line between the two worlds. Yes. Yeah. I think in some essence it would be easier to go be a monk. Easy. In the Himalayas. Without, and without doubt. your life to that. That's it. But then I often say, well, we're here to have a, a, an experience, right? So, and, and obviously everyone's got their own journeys and it's beautiful that people can go away and go for so many years and do that type stuff. For me, I felt like I'm here to try and um, stimulate change and awareness. Mm-hmm. And to do that, I need to still play in the material world. Mm-hmm. I need to understand it. And I also need to then have my sort of Zen head on the side, Zen head, Zen head on the side to to be able to uh, adapt and, and and I suppose confront events with a bit more of a, a calm sort of mind. Yeah. On your web, uh, the Samadhi website, I read that one of your little quotes you put in there, a little mission, is to help people realize their true beauty and appreciate who they are away from any external negative factors. Correct. What does that mean to you? How long have we got? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Look, the the, the beauty, that that part about the beauty, I think really came from, I suppose, uh, when I was younger as well, that whole thing with thinking that beauty was just on the outside and beauty was on the inside. So it's really helping people understand that beauty, I know it sounds a bit cliche, but beauty is internal. Mm. We're all beautiful, right? So bring your connection back to yourself and let's really focus on all the great things we've got about us and really really be, be beautiful. Yeah, and that... Once we realize that, we shift a belief, you know. It's like Don Miguel Ruiz says, you know, we have an idea or a belief around what's beautiful or what's ugly. That can be either personality or physical kind of forces, yeah? Correct. Then, however, if we can somehow change that belief, then our entire world changes, yeah? yeah? So if we can take control of our belief around what that is for us, then we can change the dream, he calls it. Yeah. And the dreamer who can control the dream, therefore, can create a masterpiece of art. That's it. Yeah. It's exactly, it's beautiful. Well spoken. You've read a bit, have you? I yeah, mate. I'm always into a book. You know, <laughs> Don Miguel's one of my favourites, and I read that a couple of days ago, so it's stuck in my head. <laughs> I love it. Um, awesome, awesome. So, what else can we go to here? Just one thing I wrote down. You said about earlier that you'd started to listen to your gut recently. Yeah. Um, that's not something you had done. No, in, no. In the past, I I was always. And again, sort of looking back into my, my, my 20s and so forth, when I was sort of in the peak of my career, if you want to use that word, um, it was so much more about just I was in the mind. I was constantly in my head. I was constantly thinking. I was in the present moment, right? And and that's something that I sort of try and really instill into people is you've got to be present. I know you hear about all this, and, but you really do. Um, and and when you're not, you're 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 up, you're up you're caught up in what the yogi's called the monkey mind, where you're constantly thinking and, and, and you're just not here. Mm. Um, so for me, I just had to sort of come back and I had to really just start thinking. And as soon as I sort of connected more and through things like meditation and breath work and so forth, it allowed me then to start listening to myself, right? And trusting it. I think when we're younger, we sort of get told not to dream. You know, we, we often get, oh, you're dreaming and all this type of stuff. And it's almost disowned upon. Mm-hmm. It's cool when you're like two years old, but you start to get to like seven or eight and, you know, Parents do all the time without even thinking. They go, you know, stop dreaming. You know, you got to, you got to, you got to do this. You got to do that. You're not living in reality. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful. That's it. You're not living in reality. And by doing that, you, I think you start getting caught up in, in your head, and you start you stop listening to all these beautiful things that happen within you. Mm. Um, and and you don't you don't you don't listen to your gut. So I think for me, with all the work I was doing through the Reiki, the yoga, and meditation, it sort of allowed me to still my mind. And start listening to my gut. Mm. When when decisions happen, I'd sit there, I'd take a big breath, close my eyes, and go, "Okay, universe, what do I need to do?" And I'd get some sort of direction. Yeah, I do exactly the same thing. Mm. It's like we, I think my way into so many problems. Yeah, and I used to think, "Let me try and think my way out." Yeah, correct. <laughs> and right. I would just dig myself a, a bigger hole. Yeah. Um, so now it's like whenever I think myself into a problem, it's about just stopping. Going, hang on a minute. And then bring the awareness into the gut or the heart. It's just yeah. that region there, and it's not. It's like a different kind of language. It's not like a thinking kind of language that goes on. Like, yes, you should do this thing. Or what you've been thinking about. It's just an inner knowing or a feeling. Mm. And then it's like I can just nod my head and go, okay, that's what I'm meant to do. And then you can do whatever that thing is without questioning it from there from there on in. That's it. And the the gut always knows. I had it. Um, 
not long ago, I, I'd done a session with that kinesiologist, Heidi, here, and um, something came up around self-care, right, that I wasn't doing enough self-care and that kind of thing. And whatever we were working on, it had come up to me that I was meant to go out to this. It's out in Gippsland, yeah? It's like an hour and a half, two-hour drive. And um, there's this, like, beautiful walk uh, and these falls, Taranga Falls, I think it's called. And um, it's a beautiful – and you get there and you do this beautiful walk and there's a big rock where there's a waterfall and you sit on – this rock kept coming up and I'm like, I'm meant to go to this rock, <laughs> right? And so it was on, like, a Saturday morning and I had nothing, no clients or anything in the morning. The morning was blocked out. I'm going to get up early and go out to my rock, right? <laughs> <laughs> not, not, not Dwayne Johnson, although I travel for him. I love Dwayne Johnson go to my rock right and I'm like that's just what I'm meant to do and then the morning came and I got up early started to go out and then the mind just started going crazy right it's like what are you doing taking this time driving out to a fucking rock what I'm getting I'm putting petrol in the car about to leave my mind's like just go to the office this is a fucking waste of time you're gonna drive all the way out there all the way back and the mind's just that monkey mind like you're talking about just ah, 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 just going off right and then I'm like I remember I was taking the gas thing off the car and then I'm like hang on a minute brought my attention down into that heart that stomach region and in, instead of my mind was still chattering in the background but all I got was just a very the image of a very confident smile just nodding like go to the rock <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like shut up monkey mind and I drove out to my rock it took me an, like an hour and three quarters it was pissing rain it was actually hailing as I was coming into the car park and I'm like I don't care I'm going to my rock right I put my jacket on raining i start the trek all of a sudden the rain stops the sun comes out i go to my rock i sat there it could have been 10 minutes it could have been an hour i don't know but it was just pure bliss and that and i was amazing after that so that's amazing yeah i mean that's just an example of listening to that to that heart yeah. space and that gut and not the stupid monkey mind correct i think it's also trust in it too yep. so and and because a lot of people obviously haven't I haven't really done a lot of it before it's just subtle and and the more you do it the more you'll understand the more you become aware but you know at the start, so many people go, well, I, I'm listening to my gut, nothing's happening. Yeah, but are you really listening? And it's not going to be like, bang, you're going to get this, this beautiful image come in your mind of clear crystal image. Some people might. Mm -hmm. But it's really just, just letting go and really listening, asking that question, just feeling into it. And the more you do it, the easier it becomes and the more aware you become of it and it's I, easier. I think it's like we are forming a friendship because yeah. we've got so disconnected from that over so long that it's like a friend that we don't speak to anymore, right? And we might talk on text message, you don't quite understand the tonality of what's going on. So you're actually reconnecting with a certain part of yourself. And like any friendship, the more we get to know them, the more trust we build. And That's the it. more that whenever that friend says, well, you should go and see that movie, I won't go, fuck would you know? I'm like, all right, I'll go watch it because that friend's reliably told me a good movie over and over again. Correct. Um, on. So yeah, I think it's. I think you're exactly right. And everyone's different. So I'm a... I'm a feeler, so I don't. I get some visual things sometimes, but I'm mainly I'm a Pisces. I'm a I'm a feeler, right? Yep. So mine, it's it's a feeling. So I'm not listening for something auditory like the mind chatter or looking for a visual, but just an, an inner knowing yep. or a feeling that hey, this is the thing that you're meant to do next, or yes. hey, that thing you're talking yourself out of, do that. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I think that's the point. A really important piece for anyone listening: reconnect yeah. with that heart space, with that gut. And just trust so it. And just trust it. Yeah. Yeah. And then after you trust the first few times, then you you got your feedback that it's leading you in the right direction and we trust more and more. Mm. And, and it's dropping that ego. Because the ego will sit there and it's part of all that monkey mind is the ego will analyze and, and give you all this bullshit about why you shouldn't be listening to how stupid it is. Yeah. So still that and listen to the cut and your world will change. Yeah. Because then you'd ask, where's that coming from too? If Correct. you got those voices in the head going... Don't do that. That's what fucking those weird crystal trading hippies do. What are you fucking Correct. doing that for? It's yeah. like, well, hang on. Where's that coming from? Correct. I have to, uh, uh, an interesting question that, that I've posed to people before is, <laughs> where are your thoughts before they become thoughts? Mm. And I can't answer that, of course, and no one can, but it's like they've just come up out of nowhere. They've got no real power or real merit. Don't let them control what you're thinking and how you're going to live your life. Mm. Yes, there's a bit of human nature and instinct in, in, in times of um, desperate need and, and times when you're in, in a bit of a bit of strife, but but don't let it control it because they've just they've just generated from we don't know yet. No one really knows how they've been generated, but yeah. but we trust them. That's what I get. Yeah, right. We put all this faith and all this all this trust in our mind and the thoughts that are coming in, but how are they created mm. and are they for our best cause? A lot of times they're not. Most of the time they're not. You know, mm. a lot of it's just based on past uh, baggage and experiences. So it's like, 
you know, like it's like hitting search on a computer and that our, our mind is that computer and it's constantly hitting search on the past to try and help us deal with the present and the future. You know, it's like I use the analogy, like if we both um, drive through, we're in Cheltenham, we both drive, drive through Cheltenham and you're like, fuck, I like Cheltenham. It's a good suburb. I like it. There's Southland Shopping Centre. There's a Macca's over here. It's great. Yet I've got an ex-girlfriend who lives in Cheltenham who she fucked me over really bad, right? Mm. I don't, that's hypothetical. But yeah. all of a sudden I'm like, I fucking hate Cheltenham, right? So neither of our thoughts are essentially true. It's just based on our past experiences of Cheltenham. Yeah. yeah? And the thing is, most of those thoughts that come up are negative based on beliefs like I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy, you know, I fear failure, I don't love myself and all that kind of jazz. And the more we identify with our thoughts and go, that's me, that's me, that's me, then the more trouble we get in, the more we reinforce those beliefs. Yeah. Yeah. So now that I'm going on Don Miguel Ruiz today, you can tell I read his book recently. <laughs> his idea is he calls that the parasite in our mind. Yeah. This is what the, the ancient Toltecs would call it. So that's the parasite. The parasite comes up in a few ways. It comes up as the judge. Like, oh, heck, like when you're talking to yourself, how, how dare you do that? Who do you think you are to try and do that? And then it comes up as the victim as well. So the victim is the one being judged. Like, oh, I don't, you're right. Yeah, I'm not good enough to do that. Now, Don Miguel says... Whatever thoughts come up in your mind, don't believe any of them, right? Don't believe any of them. And what will happen, the thoughts that aren't actual truth will fade away because we don't believe in them. But everything that is truth, like that we're love, that we're made up of atoms, you know, that we're all connected, the truth will always survive our skepticism. So the more we say, I don't believe you, the truth will actually come to the forefront more. So that's what I try and do every time that voice comes up and says, two of you to have a podcast, mate dickhead <laughs> i don't believe you parasite yeah i like it i really like that's good let's go to the the question round all right you ready for this bring it on i'm enjoying this mate it's good it's good so what negative emotion or maybe negative thought pattern do you think has held you back the most in your life the fear of not being good enough mm. and mm. and can i have two you can have as many as you like. <laughs> and vulnerability. They're yeah. the two for me. Vulnerability. Because I've always wanted to, I've always tried to control everything. Control my situations, control everything. And I'm in control and I'm strong and I'm this and I'm that. Which is just ludicrous. And it's held me back from, I think, really living mm. a lot of times. And really taking a risk and, and, and moving forward. Because I've been too scared of being open and and getting hurt. Yeah. Vulnerability is something I bang on a lot about it's so so important how have you in the past and also you know recently and moving forward how do you best tackle that vulnerability piece how do you try and become more comfortable with being vulnerable when did innovatrix yeah <laughs> <laughs> we smashed it from a i think a nine out of ten feeling i went down to a two after wow. 20 minutes of work yeah um Look, there's that too. But then again, we, we, we can never really just rid ourselves of emotion. We're human, right? So we're always going to have little flares up, but it's just how that then, then goes on. But I think for me, and I think I mentioned at the start, is that I try and look at positive to everything that happens, mm-hmm. right? And, and, and I just try to let my guard down and just, and just be. And then knowing that if something shit's going to happen, meant to happen, allow it to be, step back, analyze it, mm. and, then, and then move forward. Um, and even I, if it is in inverted commas shit, it's never as shit as we think it's. No, going to be. it's not. It's not. We're you know we're we're in the what what are that we're in the top four percent of of the most luckiest people in in the whole globe. Just being here, living in in you know a, a country like we are, like yeah. we, we got nothing to worry about and whinge about. Really, we're probably in the bottom four most ungrateful though. Correct. That's right. <laughs> How does that bloody work? Hey, how does that bloody work? Um, and I think yeah, and I think just letting down your guard, being vulnerable, being accepted being accepting of whatever's going to happen will happen. Obviously, there's got to be a bit of planning with what you do in life. You can't just um, float around <laughs> from day to day. Well, you can if, if you want yeah. to. Um, but just just dropping the guard, just letting it be. Letting it be, yeah. Mm-hmm. And knowing that you'll get past whatever it is, yeah. you know. We think that, you know, the, the thing that's coming up where we imagine the worst case scenario, we're like, well, that's going to that's gonna finish me. I'll be dumb. Mm-hmm. But we always get through it, you know. Correct. It's like, you know, you're going to do a talk and you're like, really nervous or scared you're like what if I say something stupid and then you say something stupid and it's just funny and everyone, no one really cares and then you're like well fuck what if I lose this job or don't get this job coming up that's gonna that's gonna ruin me I'm gonna be done then you don't get it and then six months later you got a better job that's right you know and it's like we, we look back in hindsight 
uh, things that have happened to us and go, yeah, I got through that. That was all right. But we always think the future thing is going to be the one. Yes. Yeah. It's like we need to borrow from our future self. Correct. So our future self can look back and go, whatever it is you're going through right now, it's all good. Yeah. Yeah. You'll get through it even if it is shit. Yeah. And then that comes back to what we're saying before about the present moment. The future, that, that's why I just, and I get caught up in it too, don't get me wrong, I'm still human, but the future you cannot predict, right? The past we cannot change. All we have now is now. Yeah. You know, so, and uh, it's probably easier said than done, I get that, but like we, we, we constantly think about the future and what we're doing, what we're doing. It's great to have some sort of plan, but don't let that ruin your experience of now mm. and, and living. Yeah. And that's, it's simple, but it's not easy. Yeah, yeah correct. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's like that, I'll, I'll read the power of now and I'm yeah. like, I'm in the present yeah. from now on. Then I'm like, 10 minutes later. <laughs> <laughs> what am I having for breakfast, uh, for dinner and this and that? And, mm. Yeah. But it's true though. I mean, just stop stopping a few times a day and paying attention to our senses is really important, I think. Agree. Yeah, just stop it. What do I hear right now? What do I see? Yeah. Um, not so much then labeling, but just trying to take that information in because they'll try and... It's like the fishing rod that can bring us back to the, to the now sometimes. What are you working on on yourself at the minute, self-development-wise? Is there a certain area of in your life you're trying to, trying to improve? Uh, I think my ability to deal with stress is still something that, that I work... Again, did Innovatrix, smashed mm-hmm. it from an eight to a two. Uh, but it's still something that sort of bubbles up and that's me playing in two worlds as well, playing yep. in the corporate world a little bit and still playing in, in sort of the, the health and wellness and so forth. So it's something that... Um, I work through on a daily basis. Um, What are you trying to do at the minute to manage stress? What have you tried in the past that's that's helped? I've really tried to not to not associate myself with, with, for instance, so for with work all the time, right? I've tried to sort of step back and take more time for me. Mm -hmm. And in times of flust and motion, take a step back, breathe, and just allow it to be, and just be you. Mm -hmm. Is that times as well when you're not working? trying to disconnect completely yeah and not yeah yeah that, that, that's paramount like you need to do for me i, I need to do that because otherwise things bubble up and, and i won't go down the tangent that i once did years ago before i did any of my self-development in my work where it ended really really shit um, i ended up in bed for weeks um just sick couldn't move and then i'd be like all right i'm good now go back to work and do the same old shit again i think mate you're just stupid <laughs> repeat the cycle my, my god how stupid is that um whereas now you, i just got to step back and it's just constantly just gratitude is another thing i just constantly i'm thankful for things mm-hmm. and really appreciating what i have instead of really focus on what i don't have yeah is that something you just try and focus on during the day or do you have a specific kind of gratitude practice or yeah, so every every night I, I try and do sort of half an hour to an hour meditation again. Just it, it is how long it needs to be, um, and I'll always make a conscious effort to 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 say thank you and to give gratitude for you know some things that have happened during the day and mm-hmm. for things that are all around for my life that, that I'm thankful for. Nice. And so that meditation is that a silent meditation? You have got a bit of music on, or yeah, it is silent now. So when I first started, and a lot of clients that I speak with sort of have difficulties um, meditating. A lot of people do because we're so caught up in our, our monkey mind thinking, thinking, thinking. Um, so I often say to them, you know, start with your music and then start with your breath work and then you get into stillness. And now I think I've got to a point where I just enjoy stillness. Yep. Um, I can listen to like beats and binomial beats and all this type of stuff, but it just, I get the most profound results when I'm just in pure stillness. And yeah, your mind will travel a bit and you'll have a thought, but it's just becoming aware of it, acknowledging it, and then just bringing your, your, your um, focus back to the breath. Mm-hmm. So that's like a kind of a mindfulness or a Vipassana kind of meditation? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just... Well, just a Minikazi meditation. Minikazi special, 101. <laughs> Comes just, to the just bowl make it up. <laughs> that's it, exactly right. <laughs> uh, well, that leads on to the next question about what habits or routines do you have that most serve you? So apart from the nighttime meditation, is there... Uh, any routines you have maybe in the morning or throughout the day that serve you at the minute? Yeah, so I still still exercise um, and I still like to do a bit of um, functional exercise just to get the heart rate going because I, I still need that. Some people, I suppose, probably don't so much, but I, I kind of need it. Um, so every morning I'm doing some sort of functional training um, and that might be 45 minutes. I'm at the local F45 now. I just get in there and, and smash it away and have some yeah. fun and then 
come back and um those joints are everywhere now yeah they are they every are, second they are. person i know yeah, is like yeah joined up at f45 it's almost like a cult <laughs> no but it's good you know, i think for what i like it's just 45 minutes you're in and you don't have to think you're yep. just in there the music's pumping and it's it's different every day so you don't okay. really have to think about trying to do a, a, a routine program up you just go there half asleep and when yeah. you wake up when you get out of there you're sweating and you want to throw up <laughs> um then i come home um i have a cold shower so yep. i started doing the cold showers yeah how are you finding those um Bloody tough in winter. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, yeah, a couple of months ago, cold showers are easy. Now, a little bit more difficult. You know, one thing I've, I've, I've done with with that, and uh, people often speak about this, is it's interesting. If you don't exercise in the morning, right, that's fine. You're going to go have a shower. Just try it once. Try a cold shower. But go in there thinking about all the shit that you constantly think about when you wake up, right, and all the stress about the day and you've got all these problems. Jump in that shower into the cold and see what happens to your mind. <laughs> it just stops. And it goes, get me the fuck out of here. <laughs> right. So for me, it really helped me just bring back to, to now and to show me how strong and how powerful I can be and not to let my mind um, sort of linger away. Like something as simple as coldness on our body can just stop our mind and bring can stop all the thoughts about where yeah. we're going, what we're doing and bring it back to now. I'm freezing cold. Get me 100%. out of here. What are you doing to me? Correct. Yeah, a couple of things. That is talking about stress management before that's a good one for stress yep um there's studies shown that the cold shower will mean that we do release less cortisol throughout that whole day after that by putting ourselves through a controlled stressor in the morning yep. um will help us better deal with it for the rest of the day and then yeah there's another thing i do with that because i'll sometimes i'll get in and i'm like yep cold shower we're going for it but then let's be honest most of the time my mind's like just leave it on warm today please leave it on warm but i think it was it might have been tony robbins i heard say because he does the plunge pulls yep. into the cold and he said it's 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 an act of when the mind says don't do something it's like that inner you saying no no we're doing it yep. yeah so it's like so every time my mind's there, i'm like listen here little bitch to my mind <laughs> i own you <laughs> we're going <laughs> and start shivering like a little bitch in the shower <laughs> i love it i love it Books or documentaries, is there any resources like that or online resources or anything that has helped you throughout your journey that you can recommend to people? For me, my biggest learnings have come from talking to people. Yep. Um, so, yes, I've read and I've, I've read your, your typical books like Your Power of Nows and, and all those type of things and, and, and bios on, on you know, um, mindful people and so forth and a lot of research into yoga and cause obviously because I've studied in it. Um, but some of the most powerful learnings have been even talking to people like yourself and you have this conversation it leads down they say look I've, I've read this and you go okay and you make a note and then, and then you read it too um, so I think it really for me there's been some books but really it's about people I've connected with yeah um, and and yeah it's just taking me on these journeys to, to look at different things and and so forth that I think for me there's so much you can learn there's so much and it's kind of at times I get flustered going oh I should read this about chakras oh but I should read this about the mind oh but I should read this about mental health oh yeah. what am I doing and then I'm like shut up just do something <laughs> stop trying to think about everything just pick up a book and just read something or do something that overwhelm right correct i absolutely love that answer i think that's a great answer because i that resonates with me so much because some of the the best learnings and resources i have is speaking to people yep so start a podcast people it's a good way to <laughs> that's do it, it correct but you can learn from anyone like you know like clients coming through here you know that you know, people wouldn't normally look to for advice, not going through an addiction or something, but man, you can learn off absolutely anyone. You just talk to someone and actually listen. Yes. It's amazing. Well, that's the whole thing, actually listening. Like how many people, and I was one, and I still do this sometimes now, is you go, you have meaningful conversations. It's something that I try and focus not to do anymore and really have uh, really have a meaningful conversation, not a, a non-meaningful where, you know, what's the weather, how's your day, and you're not even focused. Like, stop that shit. You're here to connect. Yeah. You know, what are you scared of? Yeah. <laughs> Tell me your deepest fears. Yeah, let's fears. go deep straight away. <laughs> like, oh, this guy's cooked. See you later. <laughs> I like, I like, we talk about walking the line earlier, and I heard this, I don't know where I heard it, but it's like, and it reminded me, so it's, <laughs> we're talking about the profound or the profane so it's like the two I love having deep conversations about life philosophical stuff all that then I like catching up with mates and making ridiculous jokes about farts or whatever else and just walking that fine Balance. line I think it's beautiful <laughs> awesome mate awesome so I want to finish up by having you let people know where they can find you where the best place to get in touch with you get in touch with Sumati is the website yep so a um, couple of different platforms. So one, obviously, we've got the website, which is all the w's.samadi.com.au. And in there, there's a, a contact um, button. And um, flick me a note. 
Uh, we've got Instagram page. So my sister actually helps me a lot with the business from the marketing aspect and so forth. She does some beautiful posts um, in Instagram. So again, private message through that. Uh, Facebook, um, I'm under Nate Minikozzi with Facebook. Um, I'm probably a bit more active with that. Um, and that's probably only been the last sort of six months since I've gone on this journey that I've really started to get out there. And that was something I had to work on myself is just getting yourself out there, letting your story be heard. And for no means is it to, to have people feel sorry for you. It's so it resonates with them and they understand. Mm. And they go, shit, this guy's been through some crap. He's man enough to own it. I want to be like that. Let's do it. Yeah. Um, so Facebook's another good one too. Um, and then, yeah, like I said, the website is probably the, the main one. Awesome, mate. Awesome. So I'll put all those links, everything that we spoke about in the show notes. Nathan, this has been an absolute pleasure, mate. Let's, um, you know, let's change, especially men's mental health in this country. What do you say? I, that's that's my, my goal is, is is to create awareness not even in this country worldwide yeah well I'll be on the front line with you brother let's go hard <laughs> alright thank you everyone for tuning in uh, we'll see you on the next episode peace out another episode in the books thank you all you beautiful people for listening uh, all the uh, show notes everything that we spoke about all the links and everything will be in the show notes to this episode head on over to see those at shpodcast.com.au that's shpodcast.com.au and that's it guys once again thank you all for your attention it said the greatest gift human being one human being can give to another is the gift of their attention. So I want to thank you so much for that. Have a beautiful day. Have a beautiful week. Love you all. Peace out. Shift, Shift. happens. I can't. I can't. I can't. What we do in life echoes in eternity.